0: Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for joining and sitting down and talking with the Anne Brie podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. Um, likewise. This, thank you. If you could, um, this is Vanessa Gordon. She's with East End Magazine. You're the founder and publisher of the magazine. Yes. yes. Yeah. Can you yeah. tell people a little bit about um, what you do and the magazine?
1: Sure. So, again, my name is Vanessa Gordon. I'm the publisher of East End Taste Magazine. It's a digital publication for now that's based on the East End of Long Island. The East End of Long Island comprises of the North and South Forks. You perhaps know the South Fork best as the Hamptons, and that's where it was born. And it has evolved over the past six years to now focus like it has always has on food, all things food and drink on the East End of Long Island, as well as events and specialty food or gourmet food. And now there is the component of culinary travel, which took off early last year. And it, the popularity grew, grew from there because what happened was is people that were based on Long Island, perhaps though they know about what's going on, they have that interest in travel. And then what's nice is my international readers naturally also have that interest. So we've blended the two together. And in addition to that, I put on an annual summer event every summer out here in the Hamptons called the Hamptons Interactive Brunch. We recently changed the name to Taste and Escape the Hamptons Brunch. We were hoping to do this event this year, but naturally due to the outside circumstances, we will be doing it in, again in 2021.
0: Wow. So you've actually been doing the magazine for six years. What prompted you to start six sure. years ago?
1: Absolutely. So I was at the time an English as a second language teacher and a freelance writer. I had quit my teaching job very suddenly because I was suffering at the time from hypermesis or severe morning sickness with my first pregnancy. And that um, my daughter, who is now six, when she was born, she, we, um, I was at home, you know, at home. And I don't want to use the word bored, but I, needed to occupy my mind I was home with a two and a half three month old and I needed something to keep me keep me busy in other respects so I figured okay well I was you know pitching constantly um, and it was it was getting quite tiring and I really wanted to do something productive so I wanted to create my own website or a blog if you will to just you know write what I want when I wanted to and I had uh, blogging, I dabbled a little bit here and there in the past, but never gotten to it seriously. So I decided to create it to keep my you know keep my mind active and to keep my clips relevant and new, in case, you know, pitching continued. And so what happened was is in line with publications that I was and still do freelance write for, I would go to cover events, functions, go to restaurant openings, et cetera. And actually I'd get into conversations with people about, you know, what I do, who I write for. And then as a side note, I would say, Oh, I I just started this website and, and people were, I was surprised very, very interested. And then from there of just years of just word of mouth and um, you know, just constantly, you know, sharing that, um, you know, information. um, it, It grew from there. And it's in 2016 was when it, Uh, made that leap to become a digital publication.
0: What was it that surprised you when you would tell people, oh, I also have this website and this blog. What was it that surprised you that they were interested?
1: The interest of that it was based in the Hamptons and that from when they took a look at it, they were so pleasantly surprised with the content, how much content... And how often I wrote. It. I think that's what surprised people most is that I was publishing a new article on a daily basis, uh, Monday through Friday. Since I would do like a sweet Sunday little column about desserts I found, and um, it, it. And I think I would take Saturdays off on occasion, but I was constantly keeping myself busy, and it was the amount of content I had. And I think there was were certain people there were certain people that I connected with that said to me you could do so much more with this. And that's with those little conversations that built over time. That's how I've uh, gotten to where I am today.
0: And so you've grown the magazine, you're doing a yearly events and it's centered around food. Have you always had a love of food?
1: Oh yes. Abs- yes, yes, yes. I, I love, I, we could talk about food all day long. I love it. Every <laughs> little thing about it is, it, it's, it's just, it's great. I mean, we, well, we all eat and I mean even better. I remember when I started traveling to, you know, seriously 10 years ago, oh gosh, I was so always so into the food. I remember I would, t- you know, go to the grocery store and I would, you know, pack my luggage, half my luggage was just gourmet food from that country. I remember I was in the Philippines and I would go to the mall of Asia and I would go to the, and, um, little markets in and around there that, Locals would take me to, and I would pack my bag. And I'll never forget. I came through um, Detroit International Airport there, and nobody stopped me. They would just look in my bag and go, "Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah." Come on through (laughs) customs. Can you share? Can you give
0: us up a little snack?
1: (laughs) Oh God! Some I brought. I remember. Like I brought like dried mangoes home. That would never be allowed. No. No. Anyway, yeah. What was
0: that first taste? What was your first experience with gourmet food that made you fall in love?
1: Hmm. Oh, I think probably out here, going to the gourmet grocery stores out here, we are very, you know, really, truly blessed with the diversity and array of food, food shops we have. We have a great little shop called Loaves and Fishes right here in Sagaponic that I've been going to. Oh, gosh, we have Round Swamp Farm. There's so many great places, provisions, uh, the list goes on and on, and we're re- we're truly blessed out here with the amount of great food that we have. And then what I would do is I would go into the city, and I went to graduate school at NYU, and in between classes, I would go up to Italy. I would go into Greenwich Village and, you know, find these, you know, boutique shops and gourmet food shops, and I would just, oh gosh, I loved exploring them, and I would, you know, bring all the, you know, go in and bring these things home and I'd go to Chelsea market and go to a place called born Italia. And oh my gosh, I'd buy up the place practically. And, but then of course now, that was before the on, buy, online uh, purchases right. and, um, re- that were readily available. So I remember I would just hold these in addition to my bag for school, hold this food home. And I was just so <laughs> excited to try it all.
0: And how are you experiencing new foods or discovering new foods? Right now, since we're all stuck at home and your exploring has to be stifled a little bit.
1: (laughs) I was just speaking with someone yesterday. Um, I said, well, I think the first place I'm going to go to is California. Originally, it was going to be Florida. My grandmother's, though, in her mid 80s. And I, you know, want to be very careful. So anyway, but um, I'm thinking about traveling immediately as soon as I get the green light. But anyway, as far as how I'm discovering them now. I'm just keeping up to date with just different blogs. I read uh, websites and such and just seeing what, you know, what's out there, just keeping up to date with the news. I read uh, Specialty Food Magazine, so I have that downstairs in my living room, and I'm reading that to see what's new. Unfortunately, a lot of production has been halted. A lot of um, the food purveyors and business owners that I know who I've spoken with, everything's on a you know, pause button right now. Right. So unfortunately, nothing new perhaps could be launched. But it's very interesting to hear about people's ideas and what perhaps is next. I was supposed to go out to Expo West, uh, which is a, a natural products food expo where they have a lot of new, um, you know, foods that, that are you know developed or being developed that are launched there. And I love those shows; those are so fascinating to see what's going to be new on the market. And um, you know, so but anyway, I'm keeping in touch with those brands and businesses who had had intended to launch new products.
0: How is the food landscape shifting and changing right now, in, in your opinion? Right now.
1: this very, At this very moment, I are people being more health conscious? Honestly, I have never seen so many posts of people on the social media channels about how people are indulging in car- carbs and people seem obsessed with takeout right now and really anything like that. But it, oh gosh, I hope that we. What's going to happen though is when we get back to normal, we're going to revert back, I right away, if harder than ever into wellness. And I think that that's going to be the, at the highest, the peak of. We thought that wellness was so popular before. Now it's it's going to be bigger and better than ever because people are going to see, and hopefully realize that what you consume, what you eat, does affect your mental well-being. And you sitting at home, perhaps you know isolated, contained, and eating these. Poor, you know, foods that perhaps are, are delicious. I love them, but you, people are, you know, unfortunately being a little bit too, from what I see, overindulgent in them. So I definitely think anything within that wellness trend, uh, hope you know, picks picks up more more greens, more vegetables. People also, I hope, will perhaps take this opportunity to maybe create their own garden, which is actually something that I'm doing and I've never done before. Take this. How opportunity is it going? Nothing, nothing, yet. <laughs> nothing yet. Nothing yet. Yeah. Nothing. I went outside. Nothing. <laughs> but was, we're going we're gonna to go for plan B now. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully soon. I bought just a regular
0: plant and I'm struggling with that. So I can't imagine what a garden would look like. But I do think that right now is a really good time because I had to go grocery shopping. I had to replenish the provisions. And that's what I'm calling groceries during this time is provisions. Cause it's a trek to go out to the grocery store and get back. But now is mm. a really good time to experiment with dishes and things that you wouldn't yeah. normally do. Um, are you writing content around that on that experimentation or how to do gourmet in your home right
1: now? I, it, it is my intention to do so, though what I'm doing and what I'd like to do on this, our, our social media platform, I'm going, you know, going on Pinterest right now. And with all the hundreds and hundreds of recipes that I've pinned throughout the last few months, I'm sitting down with my family and saying, okay, finally, let's make this. Let's try this at home and s- see what happens. Uh, many of uh, the restaurants and such that are open, you know, I can't, we can't. You know, go ask So many of them are closed right now. So I do love seeing this trend of trying to recreate these dishes at home, and the the, the pluses and minuses of them, and the most awesome fa- you know failures, which are really funny, but you know, all in good fun. So yes, that is intention. It would probably, if I, if I were to go ahead and do that, um, I have my plateful right now. I just signed on as a presenting sponsor for national rose weekend, which is going to be a virtual event out here in the Hamptons in partnership with our, uh, our tourism boards. And, but anyway, yes, if I do, it'll be on our social media platforms. Where I'll be recreating like some of my favorite dishes and such that I found on, on Pinterest.
0: Oh, that'll be interesting. I need new recipes. I definitely need new recipes. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, The Ambry podcast, we talk a lot about alignment and you were talking about why you started the magazine publication, why, how it went from blog to magazine to events. Um, Are you truly aligned with, is this really a passion for you? Is it something that you could see yourself doing for the time, more time to come for the years to come?
1: Yes, I would say definitely when I decided to put an event on, that really, for me, not only doing an annual event, but doing smaller events throughout the year. And really what inspired me to do that was the simple fact that I work from home. I work from home alone, of course, you we know, with my two young children. And it can be very lonely and you know, daunting, even though I'm on the phone with people. I'm in constant contact with people They're, that I was really lacking that wholehearted person-to-person contact that people perhaps that have those nine to five jobs maybe take for, for granted in, in a way. And that's something that I do miss. So as far as creating those events, that's, I would like to do, in, for up to me, I would love to do an event every six weeks and, you know, even, you know, 20, 30, 40 person, and then all the way up to 500 people for like the main you know, season open, you know, season opener or main summer event out here. But I'd like to take the intention that I have already set is that I'd like to take the event internationally. I've spoken with people in London, for example, I've spoken with people, um, in other parts, even in Melbourne, as far as Melbourne, Australia, and it is my intention to branch out and do that. But for now I want to certainly grow domestically and locally. And the other intention originally was this summer, in addition to the annual brunch event to do to dinners. And literally I was discussing that with people all the way up until I'll say March 20th. Mm-hmm. And it was so, The what's so nice about it is I love seeing people's, re- you know, hearing people's responses to the events. People are always so excited and so excited to be a part of them in any way, whatever type of personality, if you're out, you know, outgoing or, or not. And that's, what's really cool about it because there are so many ways to get involved. And there's so many ways that, you know, brands could be supported and initiatives could be supported. So for example, for now it's going to be 2021, I always like to partner with a local non-for-profit to help support them in any way I can. And this coming summer is going to be the Children's Museum of the East End, who's right now really struggling because they're closed and they've been closed for now 40 plus days. But anyway, so for 2021, we're still going to work together and it's really just about you know helping whoever I can and with the Rose weekend I'm partnering with Discover the Hamptons which is a non-for-profit tourism business um,
0: so the the Rose event that's going to be a virtual event yes and what's it all going to entail what is the focus of that event
1: the focus I mean first and foremost is to not only raise awareness and exposure of the Hamptons as a travel and tourist destination, and also to give back to the local businesses, but the event encompasses oh gosh, it's going to have virtual rose tastings and food pairings, and it's we're doing, going to be doing like a live you know DJ uh, dance party, all pink you know thon So we have a lot of cool things, and we have a couple of little surprises that are we're in the process of signing on board. So really, the uh, right now because even though it's past the drawing board, there are so many people that are. Approaching us that are interested in becoming involved, so what's really cool. Is and especially because it's a virtual event, there's so much we can do with it. In addition to that, to raise money, we have a raffle. So anyone involved that or wants to get involved that has uh, rose type, you know, uh, whether they have indeed rose or rose like products or anything pink or anything that aligns well or even a gourmet food that they could donate to the raffle. Um, wow. Then, yeah. So there's lots of yeah. So I'll I'll send you that link separately. For you. Sure. <clears throat> and and that and it's uh, free. Uh, the event it's, is free, by the way. Oh, yeah.
0: That sounds really interesting because a mm-hmm. lot of people don't think of wine tasting and food pairing and gourmet food as something you can do virtually, but it sounds very, very interesting. And you can absolutely do it virtually because it's all about that learning component and that experiencing component. Uh your event that's happening in 2021, can you kind of paint a picture, a vision of what people can expect? for that event. Oh,
1: Oh, sure. Well now we have a full year plus to plan it. We usually don't start planning it until late winter, early spring. Oh gosh, it's really it's I think it's going to be spectacular. I'm I'm really excited. We're going to have, you know, it's going to be a ticketed event this you know next year, but we had planned for this summer to have a children's component to it because many of the events out here in the Hamptons you can't bring young children to. And that's a huge limitation for me i'm usually like well what do i do i have to what i have to find a babysitter now that's that's a, a lot of stress um so what's nice about this event it's an afternoon event but you can bring your children we're going to have an on-site babysitting service in partnership with the children's museum of the east end and we had a whole oh gosh scheme of you know how would we sell tickets for that how would we work that um, so i was really really excited about that component to it, which is so unique so that's still in in place for 2021. And it's going to be, in addition to that, just, fu- just a fun afternoon of like food, drink, uh, beauty treatments, wellness treatments, all, you know, together to, you know, break exposure and raise awareness for our local non-for-profit, really just to have fun network. And it's really, you know, we were also, you know, there's a little bit of a hole too with afternoon events out here. Most of our events start after 6 p.m. Mm. And so
0: is you you mentioned you have two young children are they is their relationship with gourmet food just as strong as yours do they have a passion for trying new things and
1: that's funny you say that well i did when i i went i spent the month of december in london with my daughter we were also in ireland for a week and we I had to go visit many different restaurants and gourmet food shops and I was going everywhere I think we had I'm not even exaggerating we had afternoon tea I want to say a good twelve times or more I think it was more than that cause I think we did at one point like two in a day I'm real <laughs> but we had so much fun doing it and she was really into it and she would come back we would talk with the chef and we would meet these business owners. And she was really getting involved with it. And she's fascinated by it. Though she's she's only six years old, she's not, you know, doesn't have that, you know, interest where she would, you know, want to initiate going to these places perhaps. But she does talk about it. She does ask about uh, the experiences. Oh, when can we go here again? When can we go there again? So hopefully that will create that momentum for later on. Wow. And
0: for those that are listening um, to your interview, you started this out of, you just needed an outlet. You needed an outlet for your creativity, for your mind. And it has just grown so much. And I'm so happy that we talked about um, how it's going to continue growing and the events that are coming down and going globally, like internationally is, is amazing. Um, For those that are sitting right here, I imagine quite a few people are needing to occupy their mind and they're thinking, oh, well, if I start a blog, I won't have anything to say or I won't have any readers or no one's going to care what I'm putting out there. What would you say to that?
1: Oh, no, yeah, no. Oh, I get that a lot. Why, Why would anyone care? Well, what I would recommend doing, think about perhaps write down three things that you love. Why do you love them? And why do you care about them? Go inward and perhaps jot them down on paper and, you know, have that pad of paper with you in a convenient place at all times on your end table, desk, etc. in the kitchen and leave it there. And every time you think of something, just jot it down and also turn to your favorite blogs or favorite publications that you like to read and see what's their style, what makes you love them. And perhaps not, you know, copy naturally, but create a model of what is your ideal website? That's kind of how I started. What do I want to read? What is missing out there, perhaps? What do you wish that you could read more of? There are people that care. Now it's a matter of finding them. Start and create a platform that is strong. First and foremost, strong. If you can, the, the best photos. Don't stress over that too much. I took me a little while to figure that component out. You know, are you better at photography, videography, writing, except what are you good at? Focus on that first, highlight that and slowly build from there. Don't worry if you don't know anything about, about creating digital you know, video and don't you'll, you'll get there. That that's, that comes next, but focus on what you love. So for me, I love writing and that's what I focus on is just a good, strong quality article and I, in the beginning, was so keen on taking my own photos, but in a mm-hmm. way, it was it was funny that I thought that because even looking back, I will not say it was a waste of time. I'm glad I did in the beginning, but now I don't have the time to take my own photos and edit them. And in most cases, um, it, that's that was work in of itself. So now I just focus on the writing and what I know and what I do well, and the photos I work with the photographers or, you know, and I have um, stock, you know, imagery accounts that I go on. So I don't really worry about that too much.
0: What was that point when it started really growing and you're like, oh, I need to hire, this is getting bigger than what I can handle. Yeah. What was that mm-hmm. moment like? Was it full of oh, excitement? Gosh. Were you going, wait a minute? Sure.
1: <laughs> I was a little scared at first. I remember I would say, I don't, I don't want anyone else involved. Uh, this is my this is my brand. This is my business. But then I realized I can't do it all. It was mm-hmm. when I became so overwhelmed with people providing advice of, oh, you should do this and you should have, have this component and, oh, you're missing this. And people were trying to get critical in that respect, which I appreciated. But it was very, oh, oh gosh, overwhelming to say the least. And, oh, in the beginning, I would just kind of reach out blindly in – social media groups or, um, you know, um, you know, work for hire, you know, groups, et cetera, freelance women's groups. Um, I didn't find personally too much success in those Mm. groups. I felt like I was thrown so much information that almost was more than I could handle. And I became a little frustrated. So then what I did was I took those say disappointments, but I took that elsewhere and I just reached out to colleagues of mine, friends of mine, and I would say, who, who do you use? How did you do this? How did you create this graphic? How did you, how do you grow from, how do you do this? And they would, many of them would thankfully have people that they knew that could help me. In the beginning, some of those people, you know, I, I would be more inclined to continue research. So I'd just continue to ask people. And finally, uh, there was a few people in particular who provided me with the, some of the best resources. And one of them was someone who helps me to this day in web developing and SEO, and he's phenomenal. And I would I recommend him, you know, wholeheartedly. And so he's, he's one that still works for me and he has his own team. And as far as writers, all of my writers that are still with me and that, you know, are continuing on are we're all through word of mouth. Uh, finding writers has been ch- a little challenging, um, but I found that w- looking not only locally, but really, you know, again, it's that word, you know, word of mouth. And I'm very, Mm -hmm. very particular, the writing style and the voice, because I want it to match, match, but mirror my my own voice and especially the voice of the brand. And that's what I'm, you know, it's fascinating. You'd think that, you know, these, you know, perhaps freelancers who write for top tier publications, oh, you want to write for me too? Oh, wow. But their voice, perhaps it does not align. With in a few instances it didn't align with what I was looking for, so I actually reached out to recent, you know I would say oh does anyone know anyone that's graduating with a communications or English degree and they say oh well, my so and so my cousin my friend or so and so or my my sister's buddy knows so and so who would love you know love it and read your read your publication already and I said well fantastic so. Then I would reach out to them. And what's cool is it's, you know, I want to give these recent graduates an opportunity to gain clips and experience. And I always say that that this is a great way.
0: Oh, that sounds, it sounds like it works on both sides for, you know, something like that. But you brought up a couple of good points where it's, A, you need to collaborate. You need to not be um, hesitant to ask people that are already uh, that, that have the knowledge that you're looking to get to be able to ask them and collaborate with them. And I think a lot of people get surprised when others share their knowledge. They're so ready to share it. They're like, yeah, absolutely. This is exciting. Yeah. But what was that pivotal moment? I mean, when you started actually growing, were you already experiencing a profit? Did you already frame this up as this is my business? This is what I'm doing now? Or was it sort of parallel? Did it, did it run in tandem?
1: As far as um, when, let's see, it grew, it really it all yeah it grew it grew in tandem. I would I would say there were some cases where I would say oh oh wow maybe I should tap into into this more that more. What I thought was so funny for me is when people would say to me because my my Instagram account this is back in twenty fifteen was quite large for. The Hamptons region. It was one of the, and it still is one of the largest followed accounts that's based in the Hamptons. And what I find kind of funny is, someone said to me, "Oh, you could make money." Uh, this is back yet, twenty fifteen. I said, "What? What? <laughs> oh, you should." My reaction was so priceless. I'm like, "You could make money tweeting and make money on fan." I said. <laughs> Huh? And I said, "How?" I said, oh, "That sounds like a scam." It reminded me of like little advertisements, "Pop up, make make money from home." <laughs> right. I was like, why, why?" So I researched and I would ask and like how and and then all of a sudden, though, there were a couple of businesses that reached out to me and they had. I remember I was. I, I think yeah, I've only been doing this for about a year, a year and a half of the time, and they wanted to send me like almost a thousand dollars worth of cookingware. I said, oh, and I was so excited. <laughs> oh, I couldn't, oh, I was, oh, I was jumping. down, so excited. And then it's like, oh, we'll pay you $200 on top of that. And I'm going, what?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Why? I'm just, I'm just taking photos and showing what I'm cooking with. It was a big deal. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That was funny. And then I actually developed a relationship with a few uh, companies uh, soon after that. And I said, oh, wow. And then I, I, we went all out. I went to William, my local William Sonoma and did a cooking demo. And we had a lot of fun. And I think what's really cool is that when people work with me, I mean, they, you know, there's so much that they could do because of not only where I'm based, but all of what I'm tapped into. There's so much. I said, well, why stop at Instagram? Why stop on social media? We could take this for a live event. Why don't we do you know a real time event where people could walk in i said "Will you sell this product at crate and barrel well i have a crate and barrel down you know wherever 30 minutes from me so we could let's partner with them so i always like to take it a step further when i'm Mm -hmm. working with people that was one of the ways that i've i've grown over the years too is i always take it that one step further and i always reach back out to the brand after i'm done with the campaign to say well we could do x y and z by the way i do this annual summer event out here um etc so there's lots of different ways and that's how i've also maintained strong relationships with brands over the years that i know i could reach out to this interview
0: has um definitely and i don't know if it was intentional on your part but it's definitely reminded me of a few things when you're doing something that's out of the box something that maybe you don't have a full on flow chart plan five-year plan on and that is you you can't be hesitant ask the questions um pitch the idea try it out and 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 look outside what you would normally think like like when someone mentioned to you you can make money on twitter and facebook and this could be a source for you you didn't shy away from it you said okay well let me look into that let me see what that is so you can't shy away from any ideas and This interview is definitely serving as a reminder of that. So I appreciate that, especially today because I'm growing and, you know, talking to someone like you that is continuously growing and and having still experiencing growth, especially when um, like your events, they need to be in person. There needs to be a crowd. There needs to be people and you're still making it work. It's really a source of inspiration. So I appreciate that.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> well, tell people where they can find your publication. Tell people where they can find out more about you and
1: your upcoming events. Sure. So you could find me at eastendtastemagazine.com. It's E-A-S-T, E as in Edward, and as in Nancy, D as in David, tastemagazine.com. I'm on all social me- major social media platforms except TikTok, on uh, at East End Taste and then for the event Hamptons Interactive Brunch that's on Instagram and you can also find that through the East End Taste Instagram page and then as for the National Rosé Weekend in the Hamptons go to discoverthehamptons.net or you could google it And it'll come right up and we hope to see you there again. It is a free event, except for the, to purchase raffle tickets, which are $30 each and the prizes are phenomenal and they're being added on every day. We're going to have the full schedule on May 15th. And I always love hearing from people. So feel free to reach out anytime.
0: Absolutely. Love it. Thank you so much for taking time out of your morning and I'll let you get back to your day and all of its glory. So have a great one. Thank you so much for joining me today oh thank you it was my pleasure a big shout out to all the supporters and sponsors of the Ambry podcast without you guys we couldn't keep doing this show week after week very very big special shout out to our co-producers Jay Beam and t martin you ladies are amazing every single time thank you so much for your support If you would like to be a live audience member and support the Ambry podcast, you can find us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N forward slash Ambry. For as little as $2 a month, you get to see the interviews before anybody else gets to hear them and get bonus content with our guests. See you all around. Have a great day. Bye.